Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants to remind everyone that there is no stronger bond than a woman and her Tupperware. <laughs> Miss Dale. That's right. Even if it is uh, spaghetti cutter. Yep. You got to have your storage bowls, dude. That's right. Yeah. And was that you that had uh, come up with the great idea to go ahead and make them uh, stained, pre-stained? Come pre-stained, yeah. Come uh, spaghetti colored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That way you don't have to worry about them. That's right. It's already, it's already taken care of. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you don't have to throw them out. <laughs> you're in there washing it for three days and it's still same color. Soak them and everything is still spaghetti stained. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to take out to the family family dinner. <laughs> no, if, but if, they're already, if they're already pre-stained, you're good to go. That's right. Yeah. Don't look like you're carrying around a bowl of mud. <laughs> bowl of mud. <laughs> oh, man. I swear, there was never blood in this bowl, I promise. Never. <laughs> yeah, who keeps a bowl of blood in the refrigerator? I just happen to have one. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's going on, dude? Oh, same old, brother. You know how it is. I, I know how it is. Starting our mini vacation. <laughs> yeah, we like our mini vacations, don't we? Yeah. That's right. Take a shot when you can. Yeah, we take a shot whenever we can. <laughs> shot of something. Or That's right. Shot at somebody. Shot at or shot of. Yeah. Whichever one, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get shout outs, bud. We do, man. I'd like to, first, like to, we'll give a little shout out to one of our friends, old Curtis over there, that runs the North Carolina Everything Podcast. And if uh, you haven't listened to this, you're really missing out. It's uh, We kind of run across it doing some research, man. And his podcast is really great, especially for uh, if you're North Carolina native or if you're interested in stuff going around in the state and history. It's really, really cool. And I, I think you guys should check it out. Yeah, we found it accidentally. Yeah, we're doing research for and Yeah, and I mean, I'm addicted to this guy's podcast it's, now. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, he's just so laid back and... Um, so informative, man. It's yeah. like stuff that you thought you knew about the state. You don't have a clue. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing a, so a hell of a job. All of our North Carolina people, just check him out. Yeah, check it out. We'll put know. a link in our show notes for him. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know if he listens to us, but we certainly listen to Curtis on North Carolina Everything Podcast. And we'd also like to give a shout out to our old friend... Chris Wainick. Chris, man, you're amazing. We really appreciate you dropping in and dropping a few dollars in the gas in the gas jar. Uh, thanks so much. Yep, helping to keep the lights on. You're a hell of a dude, man. Yeah, you're like fan of the year or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, though, really seriously. Though, we do appreciate everything you do, man. Thank if anybody so else wants to be like Chris Wainick, go to the webpage and drop some money in the gas bucket. You sure can. That's right. We'll that, take it. It helps keep the lights on, man. I'm telling you, this, don't, this ain't free to do. No, it ain't. It costs. <laughs> Or if you want to go to the store page and get you something, it helps too. Yeah, and you look real good. And if you don't want to buy anything, if you just want to tell somebody about us, that helps a lot too. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. That word of mouth stuff word works. Of mouth, yeah. It works great. Drop a drop a five star in the five star bucket if you want. In the five star bucket, <laughs> next to the gas bucket, but don't mix five stars with gas. Yeah, don't don't. They don't mix. They don't work good. <laughs> What's going on, man? What uh, we got going on today? We have got an interesting story today. Uh, you know, we covered the case of Dior Coons back on episode 40. Yeah, that would be 110 episodes ago. Wow. Because guess what? This is number 150. 150. But like I said. Congrats, uh, buddy. Yeah, congrats <laughs> to you. But we covered Dior Coons back on episode 40. Yep. And his little boy missing from Idaho went camping with his parents and his great-grandfather and a friend of his grandfather. And he went missing on this camping trip. Right. And uh, I, we re- highly recommend that you go back and listen to episode 40 before you listen to this one, if you hadn't already listened to it, if you're right. not familiar with the case. Or if you hadn't listened to it in a while, go check it out again. Because uh, today we are so happy to have on the show 
lady by the name of Callie Ann Pearson. Yes. She runs the website justiceforbabydior.com. She does a hell of a lot more than that, doesn't she? Yeah. She is a go-getter, man. She's uh, helped solve some cases. She's an advocate for missing people. She's an advocate for uh, Dior Coons. And she has done some legwork on this kid, man. Yes. And we are so pleased to have her on the show today and talk to us about her research on Dior Coons. Yeah, and what's going on is going to be great. Yep. Welcome to the show, Callie. Hi, thanks for having me. We are glad to have you. We are glad to have somebody that knows a little bit more about Dior and can answer some questions for us. And and that, like we said, that's our goal, to keep him in the spotlight and to keep his name out there for people to keep looking for baby Dior. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, before we get started, tell us a little bit about you and what got you into looking for uh, Dior Coons. Well, um, I started kind of, you know, the very first day that, that uh, he was reported missing. I have a child the same age as him. And so when I seen the breaking news, uh, it caught my attention, you know, and I was I was worried. You know, I see a lot of cases out there, but for some reason, this one just grabbed at my heartstrings because I was able to identify with that age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking that he was lost in the woods and cold and hungry and, you know, just crying. And, oh, man, I, I just kind of I, I, I tuned in for every little update Um and, you know, there wasn't really much going on except all these searches. And it wasn't really until Monday, the following Monday, when the parents came down to town to do a um, an interview with Nate Eaton uh, to let everybody know kind of the status of what's going on. You know, for some reason, that that interview threw me off. Um, you know, I have, I'm not claiming that I'm psychic or anything, but my intuition was just telling me something Something was off, and, and I just didn't believe that we were really looking for a missing child anymore. Um, and so I stayed tuned in, and it really wasn't until 2017 that I started to um, speak publicly and get a little bit more involved. Um, and the reason why I did such is because I do have research skills. Uh, I have been reuniting family and friends for over 20 years, wow. and I have a 99% you know, access, like, you know, a rate of that. And I, I just felt like maybe I can dig and see what's going on. Um, and I, I've uncovered a lot, you know, I've had, I've had conversations with family members. I've had conversations with, you know, anytime I have a question, uh, I'm very, very polite. And, and I ask, you know, the right people for the answers versus asking the public because, the public is not where you go for all your answers. You know, you, you need to get them from the, the right sources. And I agree. You yes. know, throughout, throughout all these years, talking to, you know, some family members, the father himself, um, talking to the PIs, uh, let's see, you know, just anything and everything. Mm -hmm. And it, it paints a huge picture. And it paints a picture that the parents know more. And... With that, um, I've also have shut down puppy mills in my past. I have locked up um, uh, some pedophiles. I've locked up um, 
you know, some pretty bad people. Now I'm not in charge of locking people up and never anything like that is really like my goal is locking people up. <laughs> but to get justice is where I stand. And I feel justice is definitely needed in Dior's case. It's it's the most baffling case I have ever seen and witnessed. And um, knowing everything that I do know, I cannot go away. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll be here till the end. I created the website uh, specifically because people will come to me and ask questions, you know, um, certain questions, something that I may know. And I felt like Facebook was the only one holding all of that, you know, information that people were requesting, such as statements or, you know, screenshots or so I created the website so it can all be in one place. So people don't have this seven and a half year scroll. It is literally all in one place. Um, well, it's a pretty impressive website, by the way. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. It's taken a long time, and I still add to it. So, uh, and and I try to keep it factual. Like everything in there is facts. You can kind of see that it's leaning on the parents being guilty, um, you know, and and that might have a little bit of a bias, you know, to it. Uh, I do believe the parents are guilty. However, I believe the site is really important to keep factual because there are a lot of people who will come in and I think it's important that they make up their own minds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that with that, I like I do my best to keep uh, the bias part out of there um, and just just put all the things that are out there on this case into one spot, including, you know, latest updates, um, and stuff like that and and all of the discrepancies that have been mentioned timelines um all the news stations that um have covered his case i like to put all the links and that in there you know just just everything that i can imagine it sits in that website so it's a very handy website for those who want to know more about his case well, we're glad we're having you on the show daddy give us a little bit more perspective on this because you know dior went missing on july 10th of 2015 that was the day they went on this camping trip. What they went on the 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 day before. The, yeah. What um, what inspired them to take this camping trip? Was it a last minute thing? You know, there's a couple of stories that that revolve around that answer, and they all come from the family themselves. Um, sometimes it's uh, the last minute. Sometimes it's uh, it was planned a week prior. Um, you know just a little example of story changing there um so no one really knows if it was last minute or if it was a week prior the story is to say that it was grandpa's idea to go up there and grandpa is um jessica's grandpa Mm -hmm. and that would be dior's great-grandfather it supposedly was his you know last will to go up there and and be in his you know his zone that he has been there before however you know Jessica's reason for being there is that she's his caretaker. Well, he doesn't need a caretaker to take him to the camping. You know, he he does this stuff on his own, and he's done it after. (laughs) Him and Isaac actually went on a a fishing trip, you know, hours away from their home, um, all by themselves. Um, Grandpa was capable of driving. Um, His his daughter even said that he had, like, a 98% memory rate, um... So, and Isaac seemed like he was confused about Grandpa being on oxygen after all mm-hmm. this stuff. So it's like, you know, what was really the position of Grandpa and and was it really his 
choice of going there and if it was why did he really need all of those people to join him um but yeah that that's the reason for the camping trip and last minute or a week prior it's it's kind of kind of up in the air on that what is the whole uh, grandpa and isaac connection what is what is up with them well they were neighbors mm-hmm. and i believe that they went to aa together as well and because they were next door neighbors at some point isaac um was doing some lawn work for him and and they became kind of you know pals of some sort um i don't think that they were 100 percent too close but i do believe that they were good fishing buddies and um did some you know outdoorsy stuff together and kind of just kept it on that level because they've been reported they've only known each other just a little while before this camping trip was planned well isaac and grandpa had known each other for about five years oh really prior. okay yeah um, what what was um, not known is is that Isaac and the parents of Dior have never met before. Okay. And it was the day of the camping trip um, that they had met him. That's just so odd story. that, you know, Jessica would be his caretaker and they were neighbors, but Jessica had never met Isaac before. I always found that kind of strange. That it is very strange, yes. yes. Yeah. And I think by the time this camping trip happened, Grandpa had moved away from Isaac's home mm-hmm. and moved into um, Trina's house, which is his daughter. And so, you know, I also found out kind of that, you know, uh, Jessica had just started watching um, Grandpa. It, it wasn't a six-month thing, um, according to some good sources that I have. And... You're right. Like, why would why would Jessica not have ever heard of him before if this is the only person that he hung out with? Exactly. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six months is what we had heard too. Yeah. So that's not, <laughs> not true, huh? Hmm. Yeah. It, it's enough time for someone to at least heard about him. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. So they go on this camping trip, and they are they are in separate vehicles. I think uh, Vernal and Jessica are in a. A vehicle and and grandpa and isaac are in a separate vehicle yes isaac and grandpa were in the suburban grandpa was driving mm-hmm. um and they had the um trailer behind them and then you have jessica vernal and dior in the truck and at some point along the way and i don't recall them ever getting gas on the way up there i could be missing something i'm willing to admit that but to my knowledge they didn't get gas anywhere on the way up there um, but they did pull over for some snacks and at some point they also had to pull over due to the swing of the camper on the back of the suburban and then they had to switch it to the truck and then eventually again switch it back to the suburban so um according to vernal jessica had packed the <laughs> The camper incorrectly and put everything towards the back so they had to rearrange everything and on the way up there and this is pretty late you know i i calculated that they didn't really leave town till about 7 7 30 so hmm. this is this is nighttime and it's um, about, a two, about a two and a half hour trip to the um campsite timber creek yes, campsite yes. yeah yes so I imagine they didn't yeah. get there till dark or just right before dark. It was like what nine? Yeah, it was about nine nine thirty that yeah. they actually got to the campground, according to their statements. Yeah. Um. So that's uh, yeah, that's pretty late. I mean, I, I actually did the same thing once. I I went really late because it was the schedule of everybody, you know. But um. So because I guess I guess it can happen, but it 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 was kind of unusual, and I think the reason why they 
it was a lot later, um, according to the statements, Grandpa wanted to make sure that Isaac showed up and that Isaac was coming. They went to Isaac's house about four or five times just to get him, and it was on the last time that they showed up at his house that he was there. You would think that if you're planning on going camping, you would be 100% available and ready. Yeah, right. Well, now but it kind of seemed like it caught him by surprise. Well, now Isaac, he was a um, little mentally challenged, correct? A little bit, according to law enforcement, he had a bump on the head at some point um, yeah. and brain injury. Yeah. Um, so he's not all there, but I think he's enough there to, you know, enjoy himself. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, tell him we're going to be leaving at a certain time to go on a camera trip to be ready or. Mm-hmm. Least, something let somebody know something at least most of the day ready you know yeah yeah, yeah. so they arrive at uh, timber creek pretty late and i think they go to bed pretty immediately once they get there um i think that's what they say yeah uh, vernal and uh jessica slip in a truck and i think grandpa slip in the camper yeah um it it you know during supposedly that um when they when they got there they unhooked the the suburban from the camper so that way it's you know not moving and stuff and um i was just trying to think of like where those situations were uh mom and mom dad and, and dior stayed in the back of the suburban um and grandpa did sleep in the uh, camper and isaac slept in a tent however they supposedly went to bed pretty soon after and i think grandpa and isaac went to bed first and the remaining three stayed by the fire looking at the stars according to jessica's statement um, but there is a screenshot of Jess uh, herself stating that at late thir- was it late Thursday night, early Friday morning, kind of puts you around midnight, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that Isaac was complaining about um, Dior being on the camping trip because he had fallen down. So there is a fall down, you know, of a, a fall mentioned by Jess, but her her timeline of it being so late slash early mm-hmm. doesn't really match the sleeping arrangements. Right. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So lead us into the next morning on July tenth. They get up. What happens after they? What happens when they get up? <laughs> Some pretty funky things. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I want you to, to uh, <laughs> sort of go through that for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, eight o'clock in the morning, um, Jessica writes that she's, you know, everybody was up, and and Bernal was the last one to be up about eight in the morning. Um, then, you know, but prior to I guess waking up, Isaac supposedly went over to the window and was banging on it, saying "wakey wakey, eggs and bakey." Can't see him doing that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they all got—I guess they were annoyed. They got up. Vernal got up last, and then they—I guess everybody was already sitting by the fire, according to Vernal. Um, and breakfast was kind of being made, and and Vernal says he was making breakfast and trying to trying to keep Jessica to keep, uh, you know, Dior away from the fire. And Jessica says she was making breakfast and tried, tried to tell Vernal to keep Dior away from the fire. Isaac doesn't remember having breakfast. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, it's, it's weird. Um, and so at some point, Vernal claims that he was working on his vehicle, uh, probably around 10 o'clock is what he said to Klein. Um, and, then there was a tampon story. So now Jessica feels like she's on her period. She needs to get to town really quickly. 
um, like ASAP and is told to be back by two different times, 11 or 1 o'clock. And so they rushed to town. Um, Isaac's just now getting up, supposedly. You know, his story really kind of doesn't always stay the same. He's either sleeping or he's fishing. So this, minute, this, uh, Isaac, this, uh, this trip to town is not an easy trip. No, coming out. No, of, it's it's a it's like a it's seven, like a mile, seven mile, nine mile trip or to the you know from from town to yeah. to the thing. It's like seven miles, but it takes about approximately forty minutes to drive that whole road because it's so bumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, they they get to town to go do their thing. However, when they stopped at the stores, they didn't go in to get tampons. They went and asked if they where they can get gas. And so they traveled all over town. Supposedly, they got lost <laughs> trying to find this diesel stuff. Um, they got gas, and then they went back to the store and was able to purchase tampons on two different receipts, though. So there's two receipts that are like 10, 15 minutes apart from each other. Um, so they eventually you know, got their stuff, and they... They headed back, and that, that was about 12:30, I think, in the afternoon, that they had re- um, that they had headed back to the camp. And when they headed back to the camp, there's two stories of of Isaac and Grandpa pulling into the campground at the same time in the suburban. Mm-hmm. And there's also a story of them sitting by the fire when the parents come back. Um, either way, there's supposedly fish. In, that they had caught, that uh, Grandpa and Isaac had caught little minnows or, or you know, good-sized little fish. And, but there's no fish out there. So, uh, yeah. um, so Grandpa supposedly told Isaac to go tell, um, show Vernal and Jessica where the fish were because Vernal didn't believe them. And um, it's kind of where it all supposedly started. Um, Isaac and Grandpa, uh, Grandpa was asked to watch Dior. Isaac and the parents went down to the creek, and then from that point on, Dior's lost. Yeah, but that's the original story. Okay, well, these, I, I want to ask you this one thing. <laughs> you know, they yeah. they went to town to get tampons. Okay, now yeah, I've I've never been a woman, and I don't plan to be a woman. But you know, <laughs> if if a if a women who are, I guess you know, thinking in, in it, need, thinking it's close to time for their period, would they not? Yeah. would they not carry that stuff with them? uh yeah just, you just know, to be prepared would, right yeah i well you know i'm a i'm a woman and i plan on staying a woman <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> i i personally think that you know i give her a little slack on that because okay. what if you know what if what if you just didn't know you didn't remember you were in a hurry you packed and you're you're there um okay so maybe she didn't have any but if you went to the store first to talk about gas you're going to go get tampons now right that's you know what, what always mean? got me i'm like wait a damn yeah minute. if they were going to go get them he's not going to drive her around this long and go to these different places and not get those first yeah exactly not travel around town for an hour and, and claiming that they got lost in a town that has like 10 buildings right yeah um, <laughs> yeah lador is <laughs> yeah, not that, a big town at all right no not at all no it's yeah. it's like a hundred people all together and just yeah. spread out. Which there's a whole lot of head scratching in this story, but you know, we're fixing to get into it, I guess. But yeah, it's a little, <laughs> that's that yeah. that one always bothered me that they went to town just for that reason and to get him some gas, of course. And yeah. then and then yeah, exactly. they don't, and it's like, wait, that just doesn't make sense to yeah. me. Yeah, 
And, and, and I kind of wonder why are they on two different receipts? I mean, they're different kinds of tampons. Um, so maybe they, maybe the store only had, you know, one box of this and one box of that. But why are they on two different receipts? It's, yeah. it's confusing. I don't understand that. Um, and I know that Klein had gone down to the store to obtain all the previous receipts that were um, done that day, whether you paid in cash or whether you paid in a credit card, there's receipts. And so there was only two that were found and they were, you know, starting from like 12 to 1230. Um, you know, that you have, there's, the story is really weird. Like yeah. you have Jessica um, writing her mom, telling her she's out of tampons and needs tampons. And then you have her rewriting her mom, telling her that she got the tampons. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't call my mom to let her know I'm on my period at all. I definitely wouldn't. Especially to let her know that I I finally got them. Um, For me, personally, I I feel that it was like a code conversation. Like, be prepared. I'm heading down to the store. Hey, we're on our way back, you know, kind of thing. Um, That's my opinion. Hmm. I, I can't state that as a fact. So, yeah, there's that, and um, the amount of gas that they got was was more than usual. Um, and while they were in town, you guys obviously know that the stories have changed as far as who's seen them and who hasn't. Exactly. Um, the beer truck guy. Yeah. yeah, the beer truck guy who parked in the back, not the front, and yeah. he's not allowed to have kids in his, in his vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even the right kind of beer company. Uh, <laughs> and then you have the store owner, which... You know, I don't really find her as credible as some people would. She is a sex offender, and she is accused of, um, uh, like I don't want to say pimping, but um, she she sold her daughter, you know, for at, at the age of fourteen, you know, for those kind of things oh, wow. back in nineteen ninety eight. And she's also recently in the last three years have been busted twice for meth. So, wow. you know, is she, how credible is she? I don't know. Um, yeah. She says she didn't see him. And Jessica says that, you know, he was running around flirting with everybody. Bernal says there was a lot of people in the store. Um, there was not a lot of people in the store. He said that when he was getting gas, that the store, that the gas person saw Dior, the the person saw a car seat but didn't see Dior. Right. Um, Vernal, Vernal calls him a redhead MF. I say redhead MF, so kind of like <laughs> <laughs> cover my little words there. Um, and he was talking to this gas person for like forty five minutes. That these are in his words. And then at the store, he also claims that there was a redhead guy there. And that he talked to him for 45 minutes at the store. I don't know how many redheads are in this town <laughs> or why he's talking to all these people for 45 minutes. Yeah, apparently they like to talk create, a lot, yeah. Yeah, the timeline doesn't work. Um, it doesn't take 45 minutes to, to cook JoJo's. And, and like Klein said, there's there's just not a lot of people that were there. Yeah. So, you know, um, he did have a best friend with red hair. So, I mean, is he kind of remembering some truth with some lies? That's kind of where I sit. Hmm. All right, Kelly, take us back to the campsite when uh, Grandpa and Isaac are supposed to be fishing. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, now you want like that, like when they're pulling up from the from the campground, or yes. like yeah. when the... Okay, so like I said, when, they, when the parents are pulling up to the campground... 
there's two different stories. You got Grandpa and Isaac actually pulling into the campground at the same time. Um, not sure where they're coming from. That's not stated. And then you also have when the parents are pulling up um, that they're already, the other two were already sitting at the fire with a little cooler with um, some fish in a bag. Uh, and then, you know, the original story is that, you know, Grandpa is to watch him and, and right. the other three disappear. Um the the out of their own words the original story makes absolutely no it never made sense in the first place no. but it even makes no more sense more out of the words that they have and and jessica kind of threw vernal under the bus in a private conversation that was recorded with the pi which is allowed to be recorded um and stated that vernal actually never went down to the creek with jessica and isaac followed by Isaac claiming that Vernal and Dior were behind them and then they weren't. Uh, Jessica says that Dior, that Vernal was actually with Dior by the truck for 20 minutes. Um, and somewhere in a, in a private conversation, Isaac had claimed that Grandpa was never actually awake in the first place to be asked to watch Dior, that he was taking a nap in the camper. Um, Good Lord. So, yeah, there's a, so what it, what it's really painting out to be is that there is an accident in Vernal's care, um, and it makes so much sense because it's only been noted that he went down the road a couple of times, but the more they kept talking, the more times Vernal is caught going down the road, and this is before, during, and after the 911 call, and it it just makes no sense. Any any hauling. When he says hauling is a truck driver, so there's a lot of meanings. Is he hauling something, or is he just going really fast? Right. Either way, he's not looking for his son on the road with wobbly boots, you know, that fall off all the time. Right. He's two. You don't do that. You don't go that fast. And, um, you know, so it's, it just seems like an accident happened while while everybody was busy. And yeah, so basically the story was they walked down to go look at the fish, and then when they came back, because the grandpa was going to watch the oar, and then when they came yeah. back, he's gone. That yeah, was basically exactly. the story. And then all the, you got 15 variations of what's, what's happening on top of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The story's always changing. Right. Um, I was trying to make it clear for people who don't know the story. Yeah. Yeah. But it it, it has been, it is, it is to, to me, and in, in the way I can see it, and the way there's several others that can see it, uh, Grandpa was really never in charge. And see, this is what changes the whole case. And not a lot of people are caught up on this. Um, you know, there's audio of them stating all this stuff in their own words. So it, it, it ain't coming from me or, or theories or other people in the public. Right. It's stating in their own words that this is the new story that they painted for themselves. And it makes a lot more sense because, you know, if there was an accident happening um, and no one else knew it but Vernal or whatever, uh, he would be going down the road trying to hide something. And he would continue to go back there to make sure it's hidden. Uh, it would make sense if he was the only one that knew that uh, because if if it was a plan to dispose of him or somewhere or something of the sort, uh, the two of them probably would have made sure he was way further than the camp. There would be no reason to go down the road several times. Um, that's my opinion, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like it matches. But, you know, you you also have Jessica on 911, 
You can hear Vernal in the background, but he's supposed to be a mile and a half down the road. Right, yeah. that's what we were just Jessica talking about. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, Jessica, while she's on the phone with 911, she's telling the 911 operator that she is emptying her wet pockets um, into the truck. Um, at one point, she says she's hopping out of the truck. Um, the truck is nowhere near Jessica at this time. It, it you know, so. Vernal's call hasn't not been released to the public, and according to um, law officials, it's for prosecutional reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just trying to think of everything that I had in there. Um, well, I always thought it was really odd of how nonchalant her call is. After for somebody who was supposedly freaking out when they called her mother, and her mother said you need to hang up and call nine one one, she's not really freaking right. out on that call at all. Well, they waited a while before right. they called 911, didn't they? And she actually, yeah, the operator has... 20 minutes to an hour. Yeah, the operator has to several times try to get her attention like she's watching somebody do something. It's like, ma'am, are you still there? What's going on? You know, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just Yeah, really and there were strange. several people in the background around her. Yes. And she does mention that she made the call, which is kind of weird. And she also says the word Don. I'm not sure if it's D-A-W-N or D-O-N. Um, she's referencing somebody. I don't know who that is. Um, you know, maybe she had called another person, but yeah, when, you know, you would think that if you, if, why go down the road if, if 911's already on the phone, right? you know, you don't need to get full bars to go get, you know, 911 on the phone. I don't even think that you have to have any bars to get 911 on the phone. Um, as you can clear, clearly hear in her, her, um, 911 call, the reception doesn't sound very good. So, um, I can see that, you know, maybe some more bars would help. But to be <laughs> yeah. honest, they were already they were already on the phone. There was no need to make a second phone call. And here's the, here's the problem with Vernal's phone call. Not only did he go nine one point five miles down the road, one point five miles down the road is a cattle guard, and it splits off in like a couple of different areas. And Klein's team of of cadaver dogs so we have tracy Sargent, who is a cadaver handler and had chance who was used all over the country um he had actually picked up a cadaver scent um in that area and there was also a spot that klein had found with his team that appeared to have been um, a dug spot like someone was trying to dig out an, a spot to to do something with that um, he, he does claim that it's the size of, of a cooler, you know, like a, a round, um, but it doesn't look like th- that person can get very deep. So it's kind of like maybe a give up situation, hmm. like this isn't going to work. Um, so we do have a dug up spot. We do have cadavers um, sent there as well as at the campground. There's like four other spots. Um, and one of those spots is really intriguing. It's, it's We call it the diaper tree. Uh, the night before they went to bed, there is a statement that his diaper was changed and handed to Vernal to put in, in a um, grocery bag to tie to a tree branch. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's a bear thing. I don't know. But that, that's what they did with that. And, and then they changed one in the morning. And then so the next day or the day after um, when Trina had come up, she actually threw that diaper away into the trash can in her own words and it's never been retrieved um the cadaver dogs to this day want to climb that tree um it's something that they've never seen before dogs don't usually cadaver dogs don't usually climb trees to find a scent right Right, you know um but it happens to be the exact same tree that the diaper was hanging on and 
and for the public record, dogs don't hit on dirty diapers. They they only hit on dust scents. Mm-hmm. So uh, that kind of to me proves that there was some sort of death that happened. Um, and you know, and then and then Trina throwing it away. It, it's 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 like was she embarrassed that you know she thought her excuse was that she thought maybe it was her dad's depends, but you would kind of look in the bag and kind of notice automatically whether it's a depends or a diaper, right? you know, they, they are different. So, you know, there, there's some evidence that was thrown out, um, that probably could have helped. Uh, the investigation itself wasn't really looking for a foul play child, you know, situation. They were looking for a missing child. So the whole scene was trampled on with horses and, um, cars and people and kids and, and all sorts of stuff. So, yes. You know, it, it was a mess to start with. Now, you mentioned Dior was wearing oversized cowboy boots. He loved those boots, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. they looked everywhere for this kid, and they even brought up the idea that he might have been a, taken by a wild animal, a bear or, or a lion right. or something. Lion. Some kind of tiger or something. <laughs> Whatever. I don't. We don't have that stuff around here, but, you know, some kind of no. big cat. Uh, yeah. Those, yeah, I mean, well, there are lots of cougars out there, okay. you know, and there are bears out there. there but, there's definitely wild animals around. Those boots would have gotten but, dropped. Oh, yeah, at least one of them. Exactly. You know, well, we actually, I just I just watched something the other day, and every time I watch something, I find something new. There is actually a, a video that I just watched, and the mom popped up on the screen, and what she said, specifically on the bottom of the screen, it says, it was definitely not an animal, for sure. And, like... You know, so with her saying that, that's pretty bold. You almost have to, yeah, yeah. You almost have to rule it out automatically because the mom said so. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. The oversized boots who came from his older brother are about two sizes too big. Um, they are mentioned falling off all the time, and that he's wobbly in them, mm-hmm. and that he can barely walk in them. Um, you have several family members that state that. There's no way that he would even wander off even um, and have those boots still be on him. So an animal picking him up, you know, doing any, you know, there's no way something wouldn't have fallen off of him. And the whole theory of uh, somebody abducting him and taking him out, this this campsite only had one way in and one way out. Yeah, I don't believe that at all, yeah. No, and you like 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 um, some family members say, there the the where they were camping was right next to the road, you know, yeah. like towards the end of the road, but like right there. In in it's so bumpy, it's so loud. You would have seen dust. You would have seen, you know. There's no one that's gonna actually sit there and sneak up on that campground expecting a child to be there, right. you know. So. There, there was no one, you know, peering in the bushes, waiting all that time for, for this child. Like, he just definitely wasn't kidnapped. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Handed off, you know. Yeah. I can see that. But definitely not kidnapped. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So at this point, you know, 911 um, has been called. It took him an hour and 18 minutes to get yeah, there. Yeah, it took him a while to so get there. So far out in the nowhere, yeah. Yeah. So first getting there, the authorities get there. What are they looking for? What are they assuming at the time they get there, Callie? When they are assuming that Dior has wandered off. They are assuming that he might have fallen in the creek yeah. um, or or that he has fallen in the reservoir. Um, 
there was Crimeans spread in the reservoir during the search by some unknown person. Um, I'm told by law enforcement or, you know, or PIs that that person was tracked down and ruled out as something being involved. I don't know that 100%, but I will go with their word. And so there's, um, when they first got there, they brought tracking dogs, not um, cadaver dogs. They brought tracking dogs. The tracking dogs kept going to the reservoir and back to the to the truck, back to the reservoir, back to the truck a few times, mm-hmm. um, indicating that something should be looked at more in the reservoir. Uh, therefore, you know, with this person going up there and, you know, I almost want to say it was Saturday that these that this these cremains were put up there. So it was it Friday or Saturday that their dogs were up there. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, but I do know that the dogs were alerting the back of the truck and alerting to the um, the reservoir. Yeah. And so both those items were checked into further. But he was nowhere in that reservoir, which is so not deep. You can um, it's only a couple feet deep uh, all the way around. Um, and then you can you can even see like if you were up above it, you can see the whole entire like all the water and yeah. they died they died that thing for weeks just in case they were missing something and then they had so many people in that creek um, it, it was kind of a fast running creek maybe even a little loud but it wasn't deep and you know he just everything was ruled out he's not there he's you know he, he's just nowhere. Um, horseback ridden up there, nothing. Just, just no sign of him whatsoever. Right. When they first got there, they thought they were going to find him in just no time because, you know, just, right. Yeah. And end up, and then what, when they discovered they didn't find him, and then volunteers showed up, and there like, what, hundreds of people there just going over everything, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of odd, you know. We do have Sheriff Penner who still goes up there every year um, to look for him and brings in the national exploited children, um, and with their help and their dogs and stuff. But, you know, I like Sheriff Penner. He's really, he's really nice. He does a really good job, but I do have to say that, um, you know, when I talk to him and I've gotten, uh, the cold case foundation involved in the case, I was able to get the grandmother to call them and get their foot in the door He's not interested in their help. Um, if you know the Cold Case Foundation is, they're huge. They're they're free and they're there to help the family and 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 the and the case, no matter if you know what the circumstances is, whether it's um, foul play or not. They have labs. They have dogs. They have searchers. They have everything you need. Um, they have been turned down. Uh, they're still in the case, but they've been turned down. And then prior to that, NecroSearch was offering their help, um, and that has been turned down. And right now I'm trying to get Necros, not Necros, EquiSearch up there, and it also has been kind of turned down. Mm -hmm. So my concern is if there's belief that he's still up on the mountain, why not get all the help that's willing to go out there for free and not necessarily waste the exploited children's time where they have a lot more cases that they could probably work on. Um, You know, so with, you know, I I like, I don't want to say anything bad about this, the current sheriff or anything. And and, because he is really nice and he does um, do all he can, but I think that there's more that could be done. And with all the help that is, is out there willing to help, I think that there's nothing to lose, right? Exactly. Um, so I'm kind of a, at a loss with that. And 
this is, you know, I'm right now, I'm kind of waiting for the case number and I have to wait for the prosecuting attorney to see if they will release that to the public. Um, and with that case number, I will be giving it to EquiSearch to see if they would still be willing to come up and search some, some extra grounds, you know. There's been a couple. And, uh, there's been a couple private eyes been in looking into this. Uh, Philip Klein was in on it, and then uh, Frank Viltz. What What were their uh, views on this? What were their theories on what happened to Dior? Yeah, good, good question. So Frank Viltz was the first investigator. He uh, was a family friend of of the dad's, um, and so he he met Dior. He he's seen him, and um, he felt a personal connection to the case, and so he said that he will offer his services for free as long as the parents are honest. Yeah. Um, it wasn't very long, I think just a month or two into his investigation where he ended up saying, I can no longer help you. Um, you are, you guys are lying and you guys are stalling um, any chance of your child being found. And he wrote up a letter and sent it out. Um, so he also offered $20,000 of his own money and to make this case more national. And it was turned down by the family members with Which all sorts of ridiculous. excuses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> man, if my kid was missing, you would never hear the end of me. <laughs> right. But, um, and then there, there's... Then it's Bill like they Klein didn't want it to go in. national for some reason, right? Yeah, they did not want it to go national. I mean, $20,000 of someone's money that's not even yours right. who is to... That's a reward money to, to lead someone to wherever he is. It's like, no, they didn't want that, you know. Um, and they, they said the FBI told them that they didn't want that. The FBI doesn't do that. So um, so then that was in 2015. And then in 2016, Klein comes in, and he's the second PI. And, you know, at first he was he was like, hey, you know, whatever you guys, whatever we come up with, you may or may not like it. Um, and, you know, it eventually turned out to where they didn't like it. Um, Klein had discovered many things because he is, I think he's the first one who had brought up a cadaver dog with Tracy Sargent um, and collected a lot more information that pointed to their guilt as well. And from that point on, the parents were not happy with them and eventually tried to sue them for the $20,000 that was raised by the public. Uh, and, of course, they lost, and they kept trying, and they keep losing. Um, Klein ended up leaving the case because it, it, was, it was costing too much, you know? Yeah. Um, and they had some searches that they had on their list of doing, and they, I think they were in the process of one already at that point. And they had to drop those searches. And so then he went away. And um, then you have then you have the third PI, David Marshburn, uh, also kind of hired by the public. But at the same time, we didn't really raise enough money. But he took the case anyways and eventually sided with the parents. We I can't tell you how many people were so confused. Wow. Um, I kept thinking, okay, it's a plan, it's a plan. Maybe this is his way of getting info, you know, like yeah, there's got to be a plan. We've covered David Marshman <laughs> before. We've talked about him on other cases we've done, and he's really slick on some of the things he does. I mean, I, I, I like David Marshburn, but at the same time, I didn't like him in this case. So I'll admit <laughs> yeah. that because I, I was like, what? Yeah. Um, and so in the back of my mind, while everybody else was kind of hating on him, I kept kept seeing something different i'm like mm, this may be how i would have worked like <laughs> you know so right. 
I, I and to that there's no 100% knowledge on that um, however when he di- he did offer Jessica to do a couple of lives with opening questions from the public she did slip out some things <laughs> I don't I don't recall what those things were but I know that I was taking all sorts of notes and I was able to compare them and there was a lot of discrepancies um, and well, his dog also alerted where Klein's dogs alerted, um, and he thought that there was going to be something that was going to come more of this bone that was found. Um, I had talked to Penner, and the bone, um, and I want to say I talked to somebody else as well, the bone was supposedly animal bone, but at the same time, it's not 100%, so hmm. what was it? Um and, and David Marford never really got his answer. So he kind of faded off the case after that. Uh, him and Klein are not fans. It was very proven over the internet that they were not fans. Uh, hmm. So it went quiet from there. No PIs, no nothing. And that's when I got the Cold Case Foundation involved, and they have been turned down. So uh, as of last year, I was able to get Klein back on the case. Klein is now back on the case. Okay. He Look at you. is... Um, so we're all kind of well not everybody's excited but i know i'm excited and i know a lot of people who were relying on klein to finish what he started is excited for his um, eventual result um because the last time klein was on you know it was loud it was all over the place it was on the news it was this and that maybe a little bit unprofessionally done you know by a pi to get on there and make statements when you should be putting it in your notes instead and um you know all that stuff right so he's doing things differently this time he's keeping quiet and to himself and um he was able to get rehired through um a good source and um we have been raising money for him we're halfway there, but at first, he, we weren't sure if he was going to come back without the full funds. But last summer was coming around, and he took the case. He's like, you know what? Uh, we can worry about the funds as we go. And um, and the funds are travel funds. So he already started last year. He Last year, he started doing the reviewing of the case, going through all of the files, going through all the videos and all that. They had finished that process. Um I'm not 100% sure whether he was actually on the, um, in the area to search. I do know that the searches that he's going to be doing or has already been doing have not been searched by anybody else yet. So it's not he's not on the mountain um, searching in the same places. He's, uh, he's, he's just doing some extras. And each time that he is going to search, he has dogs with him. Okay. And I believe he's using Tracy Sargent again, and it's a different dog, but very well trained uh because i'm kind of like in charge of raising the funds with him and kind of keeping the median between him and the case i'm not really informed on all the things that he's doing because for prosecutional reasons in the future you know um he doesn't want me to be 100 percent like this witness kind of thing so I do know that he's keeping it on the download, what he's doing. Um, I do know of two searches that he's doing, and both of those were made public by himself. And uh, one of them is the trash dump, um, the actual dump where if, if, let's just say, the baby was thrown away somewhere up in Lador, there is ways to figure out where, when, and exactly where in the, um, the grid search those dumps would have been dumped. And I think this started somewhere 
way back in the day when they started finding people in in the you know in the dump sites that they started to map these things out to where you know if this garbage can was dumped on this day it means it would have been in you know section mm-hmm. such and such right so um where is you know, um so then do you know that What's up with uh, Jessica and Vernal today? What's going on with them today? They're split up, and I think Jessica's remarried. Yeah, or- she remarried within eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that they were having um, affairs by, around the time that Dior went missing. Um, with who and, and how long, I don't know. But they were having affairs. They were constantly fighting. And um, I don't think they have any conversations with each other, you know, unless it's important. Uh, they kind of keep separated. It's, hmm. you know, he did his own thing. She start, she does her own thing. Um, he left within three months of the, uh, of the reported missing. Um, to my knowledge, from credible sources, he doesn't do anything. Um, he barely does any searches. He doesn't put out flyers. He, he wasn't helpful um, in the very beginning whatsoever. And, you know. Hmm. Why would he be if he knew if he knew what happened? Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. And I do have to say this though. When you do see him cry and you know, and the parents do shed tears, I do believe that they're genuine. I do believe that they love their child. And I, and in my opinion I believe there was an accident. And just because there was an accident doesn't mean it was on purpose or or that you didn't love that child anymore. So I do feel like they did lose a child and they would probably grieve the same as any other person who did lose a child. But when you do go further to the extent of not letting everybody else know where the child is, people do stop feeling sorry for you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do feel that the tears that people do see are genuine. Um, especially just don't know what they're, they're for, right? Yeah, like, and it mostly happens when they're asked to say something to their son. Like, what yeah. would you say to your son today? And that's when they get emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a twisted case, that's for sure. Yeah, you know? well, yeah a lot of times um, I, I even thinking, like, was was this kid even there at all, you know? Yeah, me and Dale have talked about yeah. this quite a bit. I even told you, me and you talked on the phone last week, and I even brought it up to you. I mean, was Dior ever there in the campsite? It's possible he wasn't, you know. Um, There is two different lug nut stories that the the father had told, and one of those lug nut stories he told to me himself, so I can say I'm a credible witness. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, because I didn't actually get it on any type of recording of anything, I had to create a written sworn statement. And I went and got it notarized. And first I sent it to Klein. Klein sat on it for a couple of years. And I, I went back and I said, what can I do with my statement? And so he said, make a sworn statement. So I did that. And I handed it to all law enforcement officers. And, and the difference here is is that um, I already knew one of the stories before I heard the, the one for myself. Uh, he Bernal is sitting in a motel room in the corner with Klein and talking about lug nuts. Like how baby Dior was helping him with this truck and he was walking around and he noticed the lug nut missing um, on a certain tire and then he went around and he um, put his hands in the tailpipe and then Vernal cleaned him up and then so then there's another story that the first time I talked to him you know and when I talked to him I was you know trying to do my thing of getting information so uh, when I talked to him he 
started going off about the day that he last saw his kid and and <laughs> I was my jaw dropped the second he said that part and then he went on to saying that he was in his driveway working on his turbo not his truck turbo a car turbo and that Dior wanted to help him fix the car and he went over there and accidentally scratched it with a screwdriver um, and then he had to repaint that car because you know and I think it went from yellow to green um, and and so after that, Dior is supposedly walking around the truck counting lug nuts and noticed one was missing on the same tire and then went around and put his hand in the tailpipe and Bernal caught him and instead of Bernal washing him up, he sent him inside for just to wash up. So when I already know the first story and I'm hearing this story, I'm like, did you take your car to camp? Like, yeah, really? Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and, and it was like, no, oh, wait, 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 no, no, that's not what I meant, you know, and it, it was instantly refabricated mm-hmm. and um, taken back. So, you know, with with my past and the way I work, it, there's no way that you're going to tell me that story and me not go anywhere with that. Um, it, it, it makes no sense. Was he in a driveway? Did this happen in a driveway or did this happen at camp? Did Is the camping a cover-up? Did it happen along the way? Did it happen after they came back from the store? Um, you know, you have Isaac saying that he saw Dior after the store. So let's just say Isaac's telling the truth. And that would be around the perfect time for the accident is when everybody's busy. And Vernal is actually with Dior yeah. the whole time. Hmm. Say so if there was now, an accident, what would you think would have happened to the body? If it was an accident? I think that, um, well, because there were there were traces of, of blood um and and fluids etc and this is confirmed by vernal's dad uh fbi to the investigators um and the investigators and the police department that there were blood evidence on the back of the wheel well um tailpipe area and bumper i personally think you know and i used to think it always happened at home to be honest with you because of that lug nut story but I'm keeping open, you know, what if it happened at camp? If it happened at camp, I think he backed up over him on accident. I think him and Jess had a fight, and he hopped in the truck to go somewhere and didn't realize Dior was back there. And uh, maybe he didn't see Dior. Maybe Dior was in the tailpipe area hiding from Dad, you know, in the right. wheel well. I see pictures of it all the time. So, uh, however, it when FBI had gotten the truck, they claimed that it was washed um, good enough to where they couldn't uh, figure out whether it was human blood or not, but luminol did light it up. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, there's a possibility that it could have happened, and then when they went to town. Yeah. 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 That's when the, yeah, tam- I mean, the well, tampon story came out. Give yeah, them, give them and, a reason you know, you, to go you, right now. Yeah. Yeah, and well, all of that tampons are really good for wounds too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's. It's it's kind of it's I mean the case is kind of all over the place but the more you sit on on the narrow story of you know you take the original story and you start putting all the pieces together it doesn't look too good right yeah and I am told um, by credible sources uh, you know and also like the behavior panel did a analysis on their first interview I do believe that Jessica was scared of Vernal and. You know, the more that I, I watched that first interview that they did, it makes sense. Um, she's She's been the quietest person out of the whole case. Uh, she, you know, why why would you throw him under the bus like that if if he didn't do that? 
You know what I mean? If he wasn't, if he went to the creek with you, I could tell you one thing that I have an audio. Vernal does not like camping. He hates fishing. He didn't want to be there. He came up with every excuse he could to get out of camping and go home. So he was not a happy person being there, period. Hmm. Um, as much as he looks like he was like, oh, it's a camping trip. No, he did not want to be there. He was very upset about it uh, the whole time. You know, so, and, you know, and with just being scared of Vernal, I look at him and I'm like, God, he's so tiny. I could just. Like, <laughs> 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 Why? But I mean. I don't know the relationship or what it was like, but um, I can see that she was possibly scared of Bernal and maybe had something against her kind of scared or maybe he was more physically abusive than, you know, we all know about. Right. Um, these are factors to play in. Hmm. Oh, and I am getting new wind and I have to throw this in there. I am in contact with this, with your daycare worker. Right. Uh, <laughs> recently and um and even the daycare owner the the day that jessica says that um dior was with her all day july 8th wednesday july 8th is actually when all the lies start um you have dior supposedly in daycare all day all day until like late afternoon evening in jessica's written statement she's got dior all day there's no way he can be in two different places at once right so there's no proof of this. I've asked us because the, the daycare had closed down about six months after. There's no more paperwork on it, and, and, and there's no proof. But I did ask, if this ever went to court, are you willing to testify? And they both said yes. So, wow. you know, yeah. So, I mean, I, I wanted to make sure I had something to lean on, you know, like, hey, would you be willing to testify? That's almost as good as, you know, something. So, oh, yeah. you know, that, that kind of changes everything starting on Wednesday. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Where does the, yeah. besides uh, Philip Klein being back on the case, where does the mm -hmm. case stand today? What What's the latest today as far as, you know, you're talking about the daycare. Is there anything mm -hmm. uh, that's out there that, you know, that hadn't really come out in the public yet that you know of? Trying to think. Um, uh there's a lot of details, but yeah, the, the daycare is one of the ones that's definitely new. Um, How long ago was that when you found out about the daycare? And within the last couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Oh, that, wow yeah. that is new. That thing. is yeah. very new. Yeah. 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 And I guess that the, well, no, I have to say last year uh, I was in contact with the daycare worker. Why? Because I contacted Penner, Sheriff Penner. Uh, she said she, she was so concerned because she knew, D, she knew Vernal personally and um and that he she was confused on why they had an apartment in idaho falls so because he were he lived with his dad in montpelier and that's where the daycare was so with that i was like wait what they wait what like <laughs> okay so where is the living situations and and how does this work why is this daycare way down there and why is he there on the day of and how does this work so um i contacted sheriff penner and i said hey do you mind you know looking up that statement she said she made it soon after um this is a credible witness and so he was going to look for it and i guess he i contacted him two days ago and he i guess he found it and then refiled it <laughs> and, but mm. he needs prosecutional 
he needs his prosecuting attorney to be able to say that that's releasable as well. So yesterday I was able to contact the daycare worker and she's actually going to retract her own statement and bypass the attorney. So um, I'm waiting for that. I probably won't make that like public, you know, because it's, you know, depending on what's in the statement. Um, the only thing I really need out of that is, was he in daycare on Wednesday? And then I'm just now learning within this week their living situations. So Vernal actually lived with his dad all the way up to the camping trip in Montpelier. Mm. Jessica and him had gotten in a fight at some, at some point, and Jessica had recently moved into the apartment that she was in, which is a house um, and above the basement where she lived, her aunt lived. Um, and Vernal would... Uh, go there often and stay the night and um, Jessica would make frequent trips to Montpelier to either pick up Dior or do something of the sort. Uh, so their living situations, they weren't actually living together. Um, so like how how far apart is that? An hour and a half at least. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Idaho Falls to Montpelier, it's, you know, Montpelier is about an hour and a half south east of of their apartment oh so it's a pretty good way and so you know that wasn't even known to the investigator Hmm. so (laughs) i had asked that too i was like did you know that like no i did not um so i'm kind of glad that you know i got a little push from a couple of youtubers that i'm in contact with and one i i do videos with and one i'm just you know helping getting getting going and with these two creators and you know a couple of my really great co-partners in the crime um have really pushed me to do more digging and more questioning and you know with this i'm also strengthening my my timeline that i did um making sure that there's links to follow with it adding things that weren't there before and um i'm getting that together right now and we'll be presenting that soon currently the timeline in their own words is on the site but i'm making yeah it so i've been looking at the whole time it's really crazy yeah, i've been, I've been yeah, sitting I'm here gonna... going through your website <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> and let me know if it's confusing because you know when i look at it some people didn't know there was more than the home page and i'm like oh there's a tab button so oh there's a lot of tabs and a lot of, <laughs> lot of drop downs too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and i try to keep everything separate for for their own little thing yeah. um we will definitely put a yeah, link so, to your your website on the in the show notes and on our facebook page and our website and stuff and uh especially uh, uh to donate to philip klein's uh travel cost yeah we're halfway there you know it took a little while but um you know the cool thing is is that here's the thing even if we didn't raise the rest of the travel cost klein's not gonna he's not gonna drop the case this 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 kiddo keeps him up at night like it like it does for everybody that yeah. really 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 cares um and so he he did not have to take the case last year before the funds were raised, and but he did anyways. And I can't tell you how thankful I am for that because this guy was here in the beginning and he knows a lot more than some people. And for him to have those searches that um, he wanted to cross off not done, we're able to get him back on the case to finish what he started. That's awesome. And, you know, yeah. I look forward to his updates. And there are some updates I do get that I can't share publicly, and that's okay with me um, as long as he's doing his job and stuff. But I think it's, I think it would be fair, even though this is his second time and people say, hey, you know, why doesn't he do it for free? Well, how many times does he really need to do things for free? Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he got $20,000 last time 
but that was travel costs still. And after that, it was every penny of his own, no matter how much it really did cost him, you know, whether it was $10 or a hundred and hundred thousand, um, it's his own money. So this time, you know, kind of with me helping him, you know, with the travel costs, it, it's my goal to, to finish what was asked of him. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it's fair for, uh, for him to cover it all on his own. And and the thing is, is he's not the only one going up there. It's his team yeah. himself. He's also got Tracy Sargent. He's got to fly her and her dog out wherever they go. Um, and they're from Texas and the East Coast. I don't know where Tracy Sargent's from, but this is a lot of travel. you got airfare, you got food, gas, rental cars. You've got, um, you know, lodging. you got, you just got all of that. And I think $20,000 is, that's not even going to touch the surface of all the flight costs themselves. No, so, it wouldn't last long at all. So I, I just think that's fair, and you can definitely find that in the website on a lot of pages, um, his his GoFundMe link. But um, as far as, like, anything new, uh, we are figuring out their living situations that weren't necessarily correct or known in the past. We now know that Dior was in daycare all day um, and not with his mom all day. Uh, it's, it's changing the timeline. Yeah. And when that happens, that changes the whole story. Yes. All right, Kelly, I'm going to ask you one last question. Yeah. Do you think, according to your website and title your website, do you think there'll ever be justice for baby Dior? Absolutely. Wow. I think she's kicking Absolutely. ass. Yeah. I think you are kicking ass. Yeah, this is... It's amazing how much work you've put into this. Yeah, I'm, qu- I'm so quite much. impressed. And I appreciate you being on the show and, and taking time out to do this for us and to help get yeah. the word, keep the word out for Baby Dior. Oh, yes, very much Yeah. So. And I appreciate you guys reaching out to keep his name out there. The more, the better. Yeah, we love it. We love to help and do whatever we can. That's right. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. Well, Callie, we appreciate yeah. you being on the show today. And is there anything else you want to say, or do we? We don't want to try to cut you off when you got something else to say. Yeah, now's time. Now's time <laughs> no. to say it. Yeah, do it now. Do it I now. Have, I have, I have faith in this case. Uh, time might not be on our side, but I, I'm accepting that now. And but I do have absolutely feel that um, this case is solvable, and that it will be solved someday soon. Well, good. Well, I hope so too. Yeah, you mean you know more than we do about it. And that's why we had you on the show. So that's if you're right. you're confident, then I'm confident in you to yeah. in you telling us that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, very much. Well, Callie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right, Dale. All right. Again, we want to thank Callie for being on the show, man. Wow. Yeah, she she knows her stuff. Yes, she does. Yeah. What a pleasure, man. Yeah. I can't thank her enough. She is really kicking ass and doing everything. She, I mean, she is so proactive. It's amazing. Isn't it? Yep. I and mean, wow. Like I said, we're going to put a link to her website and Facebook page on the show notes for this and on our website and on our, our Facebook page as well. Yeah. Yep. All that stuff. Yep. But other than that, dude, we are going to get out of here, man. All right, man. That's a good one. I'm, I've had a wonderful time. It was really refreshing, man. Yep. I'm happy. All right. All right let's roll, brother. We want everyone to be safe. Please be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The The Crack Crack House House Chronicles. Chronicles.